Welcome to CoinStack, our podcast and newsletter on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polkadot, DeFi, Blockchain, Web 3.0, and the future of money. Let's get started. Amphibian Capital is a crypto quant fund of funds investing in the world's leading crypto hedge funds. They have researched and vetted over 150 funds and selected the best based on their proprietary scoring system, providing accredited investors with the ability to gain crypto fund exposure with just one investment. Learn more at www.amphibiancapital.com. Here is an augmented reality and Web3 technology company developing a gamified digital layer on top of the world, a metaverse for the real world. Here is headquartered in Seattle, Washington. To learn more, visit www.peer.inc and follow them on Twitter at PeerPMC. CoinStack is sponsored by FTX. FTX is the safe, regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin and other digital assets. Trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than top competitors. FTX US is also the only leading exchange that supports both Ethereum and Solana NFTs. You can trade NFTs with no gas on FTX US and gas subsidized when you withdraw off the platform. Check out FTX US today or download the FTX app for Android and iOS. Welcome back everybody to CoinStack. This is Ryan Alice. I'm here with Mike Gavella. What's going on, Mike? Hello, hello. CoinStack is your favorite weekly newsletter and podcast for institutional and accredited crypto investors where we review the top news and reports across the digital asset ecosystem. This week, we've got some big news. We're covering the U.S. Treasury's blacklisting and sanctioning of cryptocurrency mixer Tornado Cash, which has raised some key constitutional questions about both the right to privacy and the right to speech. We cover BlackRock partnering with Coinbase and HODLNOT suspending withdrawals. Thank you to our sponsors, FTX, Peer, and Amphibian Capital for making this episode possible. And we'll also be talking a little bit about the Ethereum merge, which has been scheduled now for September 15th or 16th. Mike, take us away with the top news this week in crypto. All right, crypto mixing service Tornado Cash blacklisted by U.S. Treasury. In a move that may ultimately be judged to be unconstitutional, the U.S. Treasury barred the use of privacy-focused cryptocurrency mixer Tornado Cash by U.S. persons as a matter of national security after claiming North Korean hackers used the mixer the launder stolen crypto funds. Since the announcement, the Tornado website, email accounts, and even GitHub has also been suspended. Roman Semenov, the founder of Tornado Cash, wrote on Twitter on August 8th, quote, my GitHub account was just suspended, is writing open source code illegal now. And Jeremy Allaire, the CEO of CBDC issuer, actually not CBDC, USDC issuer, um, recently said on August 9th, quote, yesterday, the U.S. Treasury designated for sanctions ETH addresses associated with Tornado Cash as a U.S. regulated FI subject to Bank Secrecy Act financial institution. Circle, together with our partner Coinbase, has restricted the movement of USDC funds in these sanctioned addresses. So this is interesting, Mike. What this is saying is that Anyone that interacted with Tornado Cash in the past, prior to them even being sanctioned, is now going to have their USDC essentially restricted um, from being able to be moved and sold. This is very, very interesting. 
you know, in, in case you don't know how Tornado Cash works, uh, prior to it essentially being taken offline a couple of days ago, uh, a user would deposit uh, cryptocurrency, let's say like Ether um, or any ERC-20 token, and that would generate a random key. And essentially, they would then wait for that token, those tokens to be mixed with other transactions. And then they would use that, uh, that initial key that they got to withdraw whenever they wanted to in the future. Maybe they wait a few days, it would mix with a few transactions, and then it would be harder to trace. Although Chainalysis has shown the ability to trace even through mixers like Tornado in the past. Now, I'm personally uh, not a fan of North Korean hacking groups like uh, Lazarus that stole $600 million earlier this year and used Tornado Cash to uh, essentially um, launder the money and get it in, translated into dollars and other fiat currencies. Um, but what I am a fan of is the constitutional right to privacy and the constitutional right to freedom of speech. And so it's interesting to note that this move is the very first time in history that the Treasury Department has done something uh, that is never done before, which is sanctioning a piece of code. It's not sanctioning a person, it's sanctioning a piece of code. Uh, probably one of the best tweet threads that I saw this week about this is from Seth Hertling. Uh, Seth is the global head of policy at wallet company Ledger. And um, he says the following, quote, this week, the U.S. Treasury Department did something it's never done before. It sanctioned a piece of code. Weird, right. Actually, it might make perfect sense. Let's peel that onion back. Specifically, Treasury added the Tornado Cash website address and smart contract addresses to the specially designated nationals and blocked persons list, which is known as the SDN. Tornado Cash is a crypto mixer that allows people to maintain their privacy online. Prior to Tornado Cash, sanctions have only been levied against persons. It is now illegal for Americans to transact with any person on the SDN list, including any Tornado Cash addresses. Due to the legal doctrine of corporate personhood, formal business entities can also be put on the naughty list. However, and this is the key thing, computer code is neither a natural person nor a legal entity. Code is speech, as was shown in prior cases like Bernstein versus the Department of Justice. Similarly, money is speech, or more precisely, what you do with your money is speech, uh, which we found out in Citizens United versus the FEC. And so it's going to be interesting, and this is Ryan again now, it's going to be interesting to see if this is challenged. Coin Center has talked about exploring a potential suit, and I think if, if they do, that could go all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, to see whether the Treasury acted unconstitutionally to block a piece of code uh, as opposed to a business or an individual. Mike, back to you with the rest of the news. Coinbase partners with BlockRock to create a new access point for institutional crypto investing. Cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase said it's partnering with BlockRock, the world's largest financial asset manager, to provide its clients with direct access to crypto, starting with Bitcoin. Next, we have SlopeWall providers save user seed phrases in plain text so long as security researchers find. Security researchers at Otter claim that they have pinned down what may have caused a widely publicized breach targeting nearly 8,000 crypto wallets in the Solana ecosystem. Then we have the ex-Coinbase employee accused of insider trading and pleads not guilty. An insider trading case could confirm whether some cryptocurrencies listed by Coinbase are in fact securities. Ishwan Wai, the former Coinbase product manager, 
accused of insider trading, had pleaded not guilty to the Securities Exchange Commission charges of wire fraud. Next up, we have crypto lending platform Huddlenot suspends withdrawals due to liquidity crisis. Blaming market conditions and lack of liquidity, Singaporean-based crypto lending platform Huddlenot has become one of the latest firms to suspend withdrawals and deposits. And then we have Voyager plans to resume cash withdrawals on August 11th. Crypto lender Voyager Digital Holdings has reported users may be able to make cash withdrawals from the app more than a month after suspending trading, deposit withdrawals, and loyalty rewards. More on with uh, Voyager. Voyager CEO sold $31 million stock as shares hit record highs. Stefan Elkrich, uh, CEO of bankrupt crypto lender Voyager Digital, made $31 million by selling company shares at their peak last year. Then we have Nomad has recovered $22.4 million after hackers drained $190 million. According to data from Etherscan, $22.4 million, or 11.7% of the $190 million hack, has been returned to Nomad as its team has announced a reward. Some white hat and gray hack hackers intentionally took the funds to protect them once smart contract vulnerability was identified and publicized, planning on returning it. Then over at India, India freezes $8.1 million of Wazir X fund for money laundry probe. India's enforcement uh, directorate, ED, has ordered the freeze of Wazir X bank account with 64.67 CROE, roughly 8.1 million, in connection with a money laundering investigation. And then last but not least, we have once hacked for $77 million, Beanstalk's Algo stablecoin protocol relaunches. Ethereum-based algorithmic stablecoin Beanstalk Farms has relaunched its protocol just under four months after going offline after suffering a devastating 77 $77 million governance exploits. Ryan, what do you think about the merge day coming up? You are on mute. One of, one of the big news items, Mike, that came out yesterday was that the final testnet, the Gorley testnet, has been successfully merged and is now fully a proof of stake chain. Now, next up is the mainnet. This is what we call Ethereum mainnet. It is scheduled for a block that is going to occur on September 15th or 16th, depending on your time zone. So the merge to proof of stake is coming. This will reduce Ethereum's electricity usage by 99.95%, providing an added incentive for institutions to allocate to a ESG-friendly blockchain that is also turn complete and allows applications to natively be developed on top of it. I'm personally very bullish on Ethereum, and I think we've seen in the price action, Ethereum double in price just in the last seven weeks based on the excitement of the upcoming merge. Uh, we This is a big, probably be the biggest story of the year once this happens, and it sets the foundation for Ethereum to continue to compete against its already proof of stake uh, L1 competitors like Avalanche and Solana. Proof of stake is definitely the future. Mike, back to you for the crypto fundraisers and deals. First one up, we have Pinata, decentralized media management system for NFTs, raises twenty one point five million Series A led by Greylock, and then RISC Zero, zero knowledge proof of startup, raises twelve million seed round led by Bank Capital Crypto, Fair.xyz, a minting service, raises four point five million dollar round led by Eden Block, Coherent, building API for human readable blockchain data. Raises 4.5 million seed round led by Kindred Ventures. Last one we have for you this week, we have Stride Cosmos Staking Protocol. Raises $6.7 million seed round co-led investors by North Island, VC. 
So it's been an active summer uh, in the venture funding space in crypto. We saw over $30 billion invested in the space in, 20, in the first half of 2022, which was more than the entirety of 2021. So there's no slowdown in this space, at least when it comes to institutional capital investing in blockchain-enabled companies. Uh, we do have a webinar coming up next Thursday, August 18th at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. You can get the details of that. It is on investing in crypto quant funds, and it's going to be presenting by myself uh, in my new role as a general partner at Amphibian Capital. You can sign up for that at amphibiancapital.com slash webinar. That's all for today. Appreciate everybody listening and tuning in to this weekly recap of the news. Uh, Mike, anything you want to say before we sign off? See you guys next week. See you next week. Take care. One smart contract to rule them all. My attempt at making a Lord of the Rings joke. Anyways, sorry for the dad joke, just had to do that one. So Ethereum has had a multi-year head start from the rest of its L1 competitors. And as it stands, Ethereum remains the king of the jungle. With a little over $140 billion in TVL, beating its previous all-time high back in May. Other L1, such as Avalanche and Phantom, saw major growth this past quarter after announcing their incentive programs to bring developers and users over to their platforms in hopes of replicating the success of Ethereum's DeFi ecosystem. Luna and its founders have made it clear that they are vying for the top spot when it comes to bringing blockchain technology into fintech, but it still has a long way to reach the level of decentralization and dApp ecosystem as Ethereum. In conclusion, we are putting a buy signal on Terra, but not quite as strong as Phantom, which is growing faster than Terra and has a much lower market cap of TVL ratio per the below chart. You guys can check out the chart over at the newsletter, but long story made short, when we look at market cap to TVL, Terra is at a 4.70 versus Phantom is at a 1.33. And considering that it's year-to-date price change in terms of TVL, look guys, long story made short, that thing's a monster that's just ripping apart that's just ripping everything apart i mean phantom is growing crazy but luna is something not to ignore because it, there's a reason why it is so high in the coin market cap in terms of just where it stands and so could phantom eclipse terra this fall we'll end this issue with a quick preview of next week's issue where we will be doing a deep dive on phantom among the top eight blockchains by total value locked in DeFi, phantom is both the fastest growing token year to date and it has the lowest market cap to total value locked ratio, and it, can still, it may still be substantially undervalued. Phantom has 5 billion DeFi TVL, the same as Avalanche, yet is trading at an 80% lower market cap. We anticipate good things to come from the Phantom ecosystem this fall. And so that's it, guys. That is our deep dive on Terra Luna. If you want to go check out those stats and those charts, you can head on over to our newsletter where we actually have everything breaking down as well as a couple of links. Thank you guys. Make it a little easier to invest in those tokens. Until next time, see you soon. Peace.